Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content. I'm Steve, and this is the podcast where uh, two lifelong friends try to torture each other, mentally break each other, by attempting to find the absolute worst movie streaming on the internet. Uh, joining me as always, I've got my dear buddy Adam Myros. Ah, hello, Steve. Hello. I, I hope you've in, enjoyed this entire quarantine. It seems like a lot of filmmakers have, have done the same. <laughs> yeah, uh, truly, truly a beautiful time for cinema. Has American cinema ever been this good? Probably not, no. And <laughs> as our, our third party here, our neutral third party to cast the deciding votes in today's head-to-head battle, Colin Tanner's here. Colin, how you doing? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. And I'm ready to use these lips for something besides cherry fucking chapstick. <laughs> what the fuck does that God. mean? Just keep on listening. <laughs> Just keep on listening, baby. Uh, well, you know, this is uh, this is going to be a fun one. But before we jump into it, Myros, what are our rules for this show? Oh, rules. Why bother? <laughs> uh, I, I do. Uh, I do have a, a potential. I'm going I'm to have a soft addendum on, on these rules here because one of these has brought up a possible issue that we face. Mm. Um our rules are that we're only allowed to use what the streaming service provides us. Uh, usually that's a trailer, but uh, sometimes they're not even that kind. Uh, we try and stay away from found footage films because, uh, you know, redundant. Uh, they all are the same fucking thing. Uh, we also have what we call the Godfrey Ho Clause, which is to say only one film per director. Uh, this is, again, we, we just try to keep things a little fresh. We want as much variety as we can have in these. I, I mean, that's why we chose two films that are uh, virtually identical in many ways. But uh, variety, that's the edict we have here. Uh, these also <laughs> can't be anything either of us have previously seen. Uh, so we're coming in fresh. we got to experience the pain along with you, the listener. Uh, the soft addendum I'd have is maybe we should, uh, do our damnedest to, to not pick a random sequel to something. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, one of these films makes no fucking sense at all. And I don't think it would either way, but maybe a little contest. <laughs> well, we're going to need some clarification here because, well, first of all, the, the theme for this week is COVID movies. And both yes. of these films were produced during the COVID-19 uh, quarantine period during the pandemic. Um, both of them are aesthetically similar. Oh, and this God. is a, a type of film that has sort of emerged <laughs> in the COVID era. So uh, longtime listeners and super fans may remember from earlier this year, maybe it was late last year, uh, Tales of Strango the Clown. Yeah, uh, yeah, wherein, you know, cell phone footage, green screen and stock footage were just kind of hastily pasted together to create a movie. And that's kind of what we're looking at here. Uh, it's it's a lot of just amateur, um, uh, just, just stationary camera setups or actual like Zoom or Skype calls or whatever. Uh, a lot of stock footage, occasional green screen, a little bit of uh, post-production flourishes, but uh, basically trying to put together a movie 
that uh, you don't need to be in, in a traditional uh, filming situation. And in addition to being created in this new, uh, you know, whatever it is, pandemic aesthetic, uh, both of these movies are basically about COVID too. So that's great. I love to be still living through the terrible thing and watching a bad movie about the terrible thing. <laughs> and it's all terrible. Love all of this. Now, Myros is correct because I technically chose a sequel. Okay. But in my defense, there is no way I could have known that this is a sequel. Uh-uh. No way. I mean, unless I'm doing second. some some real research here. And uh, part of one of the rules is we're supposed to, I'm supposed to go in blind here. Steve, I, you know, I'm using only what the streaming service provides as, as according to the rules. <laughs> I could look at Save Rosemary 2, where, where the first words of the description are the sequel film to Save <laughs> Rosemary. <laughs> listen, listen. That may be the case. Uh, however, it's, it's assuming that I did my due diligence and read the description of this movie. When in fact, I was just scrolling through uh, new release dramas and I saw the really stupid cover and thought, you know, let's just go with that. This is fine. It's a good choice. Well, it was so, a good choice in your defense. I mean, and, and the title, by the way, the title, Save Rosemary 2. It's not the number two. It's mm -mm. T-O-O, -O, Save Rosemary as well. So, <laughs> yes. you know, unless I'm really doing my homework here, uh, and by really doing my homework, I mean <laughs> reading taking... Reading the first a, sentence of the description. <laughs> reading the first sentence of the description, which you know I can't be bothered to fucking do. <laughs> mm. um, there, how, how could I ever know that this is a sequel? I would also argue that this movie is no better or worse by actually knowing what's going on. Um, and, and maybe maybe you could even argue here, I'm going to give you a freebie, Myros. Um, Save Rosemary 2 may have been uh, more engaging than your film at certain points, simply because you had to go through the mental exercise of trying to figure out what the fuck was going on, because this is a direct sequel <laughs> that picks up <laughs> right after a movie that we did not watch. Yes, so, yes. Uh, and it's also, there's a, there's a third film that I believe is available somewhere online at this point, but it, it seems to be very recently released and not on Amazon or anything like that now. But, uh, so this also, it, it's not even like just a sequel. It, it's not a standalone film at fuck it all. It's basically like they, they made a TV series and released it as, a series of films for some reason that, that don't work as standalone products. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't work in any format, no. frankly, but, but this has no, there's no act structure. There's nothing here. This film does not conclude in any fashion whatsoever. That's no. just it though, is this is a uh, middle part of a trilogy. Okay. So, <laughs> well, who I don't knows? Know. Maybe there's like a, eight of them they're making who the fuck knows how many of these things uh, there's, there's one movie out. for each rosemary featured in the film i i think you're burying <laughs> uh everything about this movie so far because dear listeners <laughs> this movie has numerous forced lesbian torture scenes to retrieve vials out of vaginas <laughs> yeah there's a lot of coochie spelunking i think that's the technical term Oh, but yeah, there is a, I guess it's, I, I, I don't even know. Uh, 
I guess the vial wasn't actually in the vagina. It was a false vial in the vagina. But <laughs> this is what we're leading off with, by the way. You yeah. have to. Here's this movie uh, that was shot during quarantine, and it's just a Zoom call where someone's digging around in a lady's cooter. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a big part of it. And this kind of looks like, I don't know, like if you gave Brian De Palma a lobotomy and then you asked him using only Instagram filters to shoot a commercial for a Sandals resort. Um, <laughs> this really is so good. unkind to Brian De Palma just because this <laughs> this fucking asshole is like so he could use like a split diaper. Except, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're certainly just like... I, this film is weird in, in its aesthetic because they do use like tricks like that. And there's this weird sort of like graphic design polish to everything. All their little like bips and boops where they have like details come up and, you know, false newscasts and stuff like that. And all the graphics work looks really professional. It's transitioned really well. Everything is like professional about it, except none of the actual filmmaking is... <laughs> has anywhere near that level of polish so mm -hmm. maybe this person's background is simply not in film they're they're like a designer or something but i don't know i I tried to figure out some stuff about this jimmy andrews fellow and his, his strange whoa vanilla palm banana tree conglomerate but it, it, i don't know i don't think they're like a design firm at all they seem to be some sort of film collector but someone involved in this has professional design background i guarantee that and and no one involved in this has professional film background <laughs> mm -hmm. i i like jimmy andrews as a director only because his his like headshot is it's incredible amazing. he looks like yeah, udo kier like, or something i was just about to say he looks like when udo kier plays like a slime bag villain uh or or something and he's just like everything about this photo says like here is a picture of a guy who goes into like martini bars and and just like slips a roofie into every single <laughs> olive. Um, Powerful I, stuff. I, I, it's I don't think you guys are just explaining what this insane fucking movie is. Though. Like no, it, we're not. Uh, we we got to get back on track because this movie is. Uh, it, it it's easy to derail with this thing. It is very much about lesbianism. It is that is the core of the film is about like lesbianism and acceptance of sexuality. As weird as that is, that yeah, uh, like hot for this movie, doing cool stuff. It's really just about women like <laughs> that are attracted to women and trying to survive a mysterious virus and mysterious virus. <laughs> it's fucking COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen, man. I doubt it. <laughs> okay so so here's here is what the movie seems to think its plot is uh it, okay so COVID-19 pandemic maybe you've heard of it uh, uh, turns out that the solution it ain't the Johnson and Johnson you bet your ass it ain't Moderna and it sure as fuck ain't Pfizer it's these ladies and they're all named Rosemary and they're called Rosemary because the, I mean that's like legitimately their names which I guess they all decided to like their parents decided to name them that or something because they popped out the womb bright red that was revealed to us. So all these fucking yeah. red ass babies with special genes carry the proper whatever genetic sequence to cure COVID or vaccinate against it or, or whatever, man. So, so it involves a, a serum too, right? They, they, <laughs> yeah, the serum. They've developed a serum that 
requires this genetic trait in order to be useful. So, uh, again, these people, you would think you're watching this, you're going, okay, Rosemary must be like the code name or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the name of the project. They're keeping these people somewhat anonymous. They're going to call them all Rosemary for, for the purposes yeah. of this uh, experiment, which, again, the social element of this experiment is a complete mystery to me. Uh, why? Why? Uh, again, film one certainly must have involved this sort of like Big Brother uh, polling process or something. But I don't have any concept as to what the scientific validity in world of of using this serum on the winner of a popular vote among the Rosemarys would be. <laughs> but um, it's like American Idol. <laughs> As as it turns out, these people are all named Rosemary for some reason. Uh, God only knows what the hell's going on here. But oh, what do you mean? This movie will tell you what's going on all of the time. It will tell you in <laughs> excruciating detail exactly what's happening. Exposition. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes, hmm, actually, most of the time, nothing's happening, and it's characters looking at the camera, just being like, "Oh, you, you thought you had me." But me, I look the other way. Sometimes it's just like that. It's life. It's just filler. Nothing happening. <laughs> it's some it's, great Z grade blogging going on, and that's what it does. Do it like overlays the stuff. It's like, oh, here's here's Rosemary Nine's uh, YouTube channel, <laughs> and it's just like, yo, Rosemary coming at you from the United Kingdom, just doing my blog. And you, uh, just, Cuff, you there's them. only seven official Rosemarys and one eight. One who is is not known to the public and presumably factors into the Secrets. third film. But, uh, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> also, there's a false rosemary. I don't fucking mm, know what. Beware the hell of is. false rosemaries. Yeah, that uh, could be a problem. So, but uh, but the, the the lesbian stuff comes in because we. I mean, we kind of we led with the lesbian stuff. Um, you have it's, to. It's, <laughs> the well, movie does too. Weird because the movie seems to have this very uh like superficial girl power message like it's constantly talking about how like yeah i'm a lady scientist and i did a lot of science today with my best friend who's also a lady scientist so it's just like doing this like really dopey shit we're like okay cool but then it's just like also a movie that's constantly looking for an excuse for some chicks to make out or we have the aforementioned scene that we return or like this this sequence that we return to repeatedly where a woman who I guess is a scientist is tied to a chair. Um, <laughs> and then there's a bungee cord wrapped around her hair and then connected to a wall, which I don't, I don't get the logistics of that, but go with me here. And then she is just like repeatedly this, this other woman is just like, where's the serum? Is it underneath your labia majora? Yeah. Just dig it around in there. And it's um it's really fucking weird and uncomfortable. So uh, I I would question Jimmy Andrews' commitment to gender equality personally. <laughs> I uh, uh, I guess this this kidnapper is like a high school bully who wanted to sleep with the woman and blah blah blah. And age means nothing in this film. Rest assured, uh, none of these people seem to be of similar age brackets whatsoever, including the two. Uh, main scientists who are supposedly high school best friends and one of them is like 
literally 19 years fucking old and the other one yeah. is like your mom's age so i, I don't one, know one of them failed uh <laughs> one of them failed sophomore year like nine times <laughs> that's, that's that's generous frankly <laughs> yeah i don't know uh but that's that's pretty much like the the nuts and bolts of the film and then there's the the contest and then they just kind of like the the rosemary's who didn't win kind of complain about it a bunch yeah, I don't it. know why. What what is this contest? Like, why would you care if you won the contest? What what's the advantage to winning the contest? Uh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> it it makes sense to some degree that some people just want the publicity. They just wanted to, uh, you know, be the person that saved the world or whatever. They're gonna have a superiority. Oh, complex. I don't have any sympathy sympathy for that. You were one of uh, what is it, seven, eight rosemaries in the world, and you're yeah. part of this global competition, and then. Oh, I didn't win. I'm so sad. Boo hoo. Well, who fucking cares? I told Cuff I had to. I had to uh, make up a plot point in my mind that there must have been a ten million dollar cash prize attached to the contest as well. Because I can't, for the life of me, figure out why the fuck you would even want to win. You want to be a scientific yeah. guinea pig? Like that's well, no. There is a story to be told there, and uh, this movie just doesn't fucking do it. It literally is just people kicking around me like. Can't believe that happened. Then nothing happening right now per se, but then was a there was a lot of stuff that happened. Not here. I'm just in my apartment. And then the worst part of this entire movie for me, this actually just pissed me off. Was this woman is always talking shit about the other rosemaries? That's basically all this movie is. It's women looking into the cameras and just talking about other rosemaries, and then just like the only props in the movie are just like weird S and M stuff for that one scene. But. There's this one part where this woman says she wrote a play and it's like, oh, thank <laughs> God, something's going to happen. <laughs> like, because a play, you write a play means you wrote a story, you know, like I, I can't stress this enough. Every other scene is just people going like, well, this is so strange, but it's not as strange as the past. And the past was very strange, but it could have been different, but it wasn't not exaggerating. It does not actually like nothing they say moves the movie forward in any meaningful way but this woman decides she's gonna put on a play and her play is her impersonating the other rosemary's but like sarcastically like like yeah you know like yeah real real meta stuff you know you can tell like channeling uh jacques rivette here let's not get into the meta <laughs> stuff yet because that runs deep <laughs> I want to get into this for just one second, though, because this reminds me so much of like, I don't know, like WWE or like some other TV shows where they think it's like it's comedic to impersonate their characters, but have someone else do it. And it's never fucking funny. It's never fucking funny because like your character isn't three dimensional. They're based off a of dynamic. So the fact that you've literally killed the dynamic and instead had the character become the other person, except saying it sarcastically is like, oh, man, yeah, this this doesn't work at all. And this film decides to do that. What? Eight times back to back to back. It's like 19 minutes. I thought that would be a device to like explain any of the shit that's happening Anything. with some of these other people like, oh, She's done this research and she's going to tell us what's going on. What's the real shit with Rosemary one or whatever kiss. But it doesn't do any of that. She hasn't done research. She's just like gossiping about them. She's just like, that one's a bitch. And that one's also a bitch. And that one's a bitch. It's like, shut the fuck up. But that's not even the meta. The meta elements uh, are, are way more intense than that with this fucking like, Granny Smith's prophecy hour or whatever. 
which <laughs> it doesn't even seem to be taking place in the world of the movie. It's like taking uh, Granny Smith. There is like a she is a viewer surrogate or something who's like <laughs> trying to guess what's going to happen next, or I mean, receiving visions of what's going to happen next, and. I, there's like four of those segments throughout the film. And what does he say? What did she prophesize? What does anything like what like material exists within those statements? That's what I'm I, like. I, it, I, it was like grabbing what mist. What happens in this? Like what actually happens in this movie? If we're not laying out the background that was presumably established in Save Rosemary One, uh, <laughs> like nothing. It, the movie is. I, I couldn't tell you how much time is meant to have passed. It feels like it could be. Like three hours, you know, like it's it, essentially the plot of this film covers a time period wherein the person who created the serum is abducted and the contest results are announced. The end. That's it. There's nothing else that occurs during this movie. That, but they it, have a cliffhanger that, ending. <laughs> well, the ending ending is more meta shit. Like we are introduced to the original Rosemary who is like sitting in a fucking Marriott suite uh, and typing up the fucking plot to the movie or something. It's like, what do you think you fucking are? That's <laughs> <laughs> great, man. It's great. Like fucking Brecht has walked in and fucking delivered unto us Save Rosemary 2. I don't goddamn think so, friend. <laughs> We're just getting to the point where, like, you can go and see Lego Batman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or actually, no, it's been around for a really long time. You could say, like, Last Action Hero, right? You can go meta, but you have to be so <laughs> I like established. These are your touchstones for fucking meta media. Which, well, oh, I, yes, uh, yeah. Lego Batman. <laughs> well, you no, know, in the mainstream sense, you're taking uh, properties and you're twisting them in a way where it has to be so rock solid. In the cultural landscape, where it has to be so ingrained in people, where it can't just be one or two or three generations, like it just has to cross uh, nearly a century now for that to be like Mickey Mouse is another maybe, maybe an example. Eh, I wouldn't go that far with Mickey because he obviously doesn't do any sort of movies. This insane person <laughs> thinks that, that that their work is on that level and that they can just I don't know just slush it all together and it, something will come out. But literally nothing fucking happens in the movie except for, I would say, four minutes, which involve a woman being forced down and <laughs> having a vial pulled out of her vagina by another woman's mouth. That's right. Well, I mean, we get some of their, their stories, I guess, which is just... I, I How don't... can you talk about anything else that fucking happened uh, in the movie? <laughs> that shit actually did happen. It was like, whoa, did you? And it does not. It, don't you find it dissonant with like everything? <laughs> you know, Colin, here on Costa Cutter, we try to talk about anything other than that. Right? Uh, I, I'm just trying to focus on other aspects of the film than the uh, the, the strange rape scene. I, I don't know. Uh, Sir, it was a plot. It's not just it's not just something weird that the director has a fetish for. It is very clearly important. I don't know. Is, so you said you looked up the director. Who is this? Is, was it the person at the end? No, it's That's, a man. It's Jimmy, Jimmy Andrews. Andrews. He looks Udo like Kier. weird Udo Kier. <laughs> what the fuck? That's really messed up because the movie. There's, there's not much to him. I, I guess he's got a little bit of Ernest Hemingway to his appearance as well, but uh, <laughs> none of it's good. And he's made a lot of movies that no one has seen. So that's kind of his uh, his whole thing. I mean, to be fair, it's not like he I, I don't he did not write this film. He wrote the first Save Rosemary. This is written by someone named Sophie Max. And this does seem to be a very collective sort of 
uh, effort here. Like there's, I, I'm not seeing a great uh, evidence of auteur theory in the work of Jimmy Andrews. This, if you look at their website, they have like this sort of branching thing of, of various contributors. It, it seems to be like sort of a, a collective enterprise based out of Mississippi. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like this is essentially like they put out a casting call on goddamn Instagram and just had a bunch of like uh, social influencers or something uh, contribute to their own <laughs> fucking film segments and just kind of pasted them together and uh, trying to make a plot out of it, I guess. I, I just don't understand anything. Like, th there's also like the winning Rosemary is... Uh, she just murders her <laughs> abusive boyfriend at the end and it's supposed to be like this triumphant thing where she just fucking stabs a guy to death for no reason. But it, uh, maybe with yeah, the context fun. of the first film, uh, maybe I was like, oh, that guy's a real son of a bitch. But in this film, she just kind of says like, I'm in an abusive relationship and murders the guy with a knife. He's not even in the fucking movie. And you're supposed to be like, you go, girl. <laughs> It's yeah, girl power, man. Troubled. It's very troubled filmmaking. But, you know, I don't know. I honestly thought, like, I don't know, a woman directed this or something. It reminded me. That is, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being serious here. Like, it reminded me of, like, you know, gay and lesbian cinema in some ways. Because I remember uh, enough times having to sit there and watch movies that were, like, you know, being screened somewhere and everyone just hated the movie. And it always kind of, like, felt bad because, like, you know, someone was giving it a go, but finding out it's just some weird guy that just like is like maybe leering at these women is like, oh, that's that's not as well, much. I fun. mean, keep in mind, Kyle, he wasn't within 500 miles of these fucking women. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was leering at their cell phone footage. <laughs> but I, I'm just trying to say that, like, when I was watching the movie, I was under the assumption this was like, you know, uh, like a lesbian film. And, you know, there's I'm, I'm deeply concerned about how you came to that conclusion. I know this feels like the most inauthentic <laughs> thing I've ever fucking seen in my life on that front. It feels like pandering to the highest order. I've seen stuff that's a lot like that. I remember I was watching, the, you know, this is only just slightly a sidebar, but it will, you know, it, I remember watching a film once with a friend of mine and he was like really into this director and it didn't make a fucking lick of sense. Like at one point the guy was like hanging around a gas station and it just cut to him running in a field and shit. And he was, I was like, this sucks. And you know, he folded his arms like, come on, I quit judging the movie. <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm sorry. <laughs> like that's what I was saying. So when I was watching this, I was trying to be open-minded because it just seemed like the gang was trying to put on a show. Like it's a bunch of really amateur, very bad actors. Not a oh, single yeah. one of them can perform so i thought like well you know they can't i can't read their fucking lines <laughs> well yeah and i try nah, to there's some there's some problems with words in this movie <laughs> <laughs> yes there is rosemary like, being one like, of them <laughs> just like normal words that people can pronounce I, I, I was sending him to myros hold on let me check the old uh, this up, is the exciting up, part of the uh podcast where i go through my text message conversation <laughs> with adam myros i know serum was one of them that kept saying serum serum uh oh oh yeah 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 so a woman's like reading her lines like directly from a cue card like off screen or something oh, yeah. while she's talking into her skype conversation multiple times and instead of saying the word waning she says wanning <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> fucking wanning interest notoriety that was another one where she says notoriety <laughs> notoriety <laughs> and this isn't a problem with a singular actress this is like 
across the it's board. everyone yeah it's again they don't have a director because they're just reading yes, this no. typed up script it's, and that's, into a that's what it comes down to it's just sloppy he's like okay here are the lines do a reading directly into your skype call and then send me the recording and it's just one take that's good you know there's there's no back and forth there's no directing to be done I mean, you could probably give them notes, but it's without <laughs> what that be? personal co- connection. Yeah, pull the vial out uh, slower. Or, or a talented person to tell you how to do things. I'm glad that you got that hair tied mechanic right there. The, 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 like, seriously, the, the, the props for the torture scene, they're really specific. And there's no other props in the rest of the movie. Think about that. <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that you thought that this was made by a lesbian woman and not a <laughs> leering straight man. What about the part where the uh, the lesbian couple... It's just like, we had to get out of Miami Beach because the COVID was getting too covid Me and oh. my girl decided to drive to the woods in Georgia. My bosom was heaving. Couldn't wait to munch her box next to a pine tree. Like, <laughs> that fucking, that's Rosemary 8, the unknown Rosemary. Unknown Rosemary. Uh, she's my favorite character because she just comes in like two thirds. I mean, that is introduced early, I guess, but then she's just gone yeah. from the movie. Uh, and then she just comes back so she can strip naked and fucking like dip in a lake and then mm-hmm. uh, take a milk bath. <laughs> that seems, uh, again, it's just like ugh, transparent Instagram horse shit. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I bet this will be titillating. And then, of course, they use the milk bath for one of the alternate uh, t- uh, covers for, for this film. So it was a marketing piece. Yeah. In case you're wondering... um, yeah, the, the difference between real lesbians and fake lesbians is their embrace of the milk bath. <laughs> but guys, right. what would you rather have had? I mean, the truck broke down and there were two characters and one of them went off to get help and like had an adventure or something. Who knows? No, Whatever. actually, she was just dead and the other person hallucinated <laughs> that she went to get help. <laughs> <laughs> right? But no, no, even better. Did, did you see where they were like, oh... Later, the person references finding the body and writing the note with lipstick, but uh, where it says like SOS or something like this, like I have the virus or have virus, don't touch. I forget exactly what it says. But then someone later says, yeah, it just reminds me of that color of lipstick I used uh, to leave the note that the person had the virus. I was like, what? The person didn't seem connected at all to that scene, but they just put it in there. (laughs) It's just a lot of people talking into the camera and it's painfully slow. Nothing happens in this movie except for one scene. <laughs> Apparently you guys yeah, don't like no, it. Literally <laughs> nothing nothing it. happens. It is, but it is also everything happens because you're just like your mind is scrambling to figure out what what has happened. Uh, again, I, I guess maybe you did give me a fighting chance by picking the sequel because I had to do so much like mental gymnastics to like I, it, it engaged me because I was struggling so hard to figure out what in God's name was happening in the film. But I don't know. I, I, I guess I hated it, but I, it almost brought me back with the fucking... <laughs> the and the ending made me laugh so hard. I, it was one of the biggest laughs I've gotten from any cost of content film with this stupid Marriott author shit, where she's like, uh, click the link below <laughs> to decide what the next movie's gonna be or something. I'm like, what... What link below? What what what, what the fuck does that mean? You, like you guys some are, of that interactive cinema, like that courtroom drama that I chose a, a few episodes back. But at least that guy had a plan. Like this isn't exhibited at some fucking specific place. It's distributed. 
It's distributed on demand. It's everywhere on the goddamn internet. There's no link below to vote in a yeah. poll to choose your next goddamn film. And also, don't put that in your fucking film to begin with because it's insane. Did you guys ever go on, uh, you know, YouTube or and just like just throw in a random movie title just to see if it's on there, you know? And then once it's like, oh, I think I got a hit. And you click on there and it's like just like the logo of the movie. It's just like click the link below. That's what this movie feels like. It feels like you thought you were going to watch a movie, but no, you weren't. It's just a teaser for a movie, but like a teaser of what? Like a woman had a vial pulled out of her vagina, and then the movie's teaser is her holding up more vials. Colin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy the NFT of that scene for you so you can keep it always and forever. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I guess it doesn't help that it's a sequel, but you're right. It's it's all exposition. It's all just assholes talking directly into a stationary camera. It's all awful. So it's terrible. You're welcome. Horrible. So uh, I I guess in in the description, I, I'm on I'm on the old uh, vanilla palm banana tree website here, and the mm -hmm. description Production of Save company. Rosemary ends with the sentence. The irony, all seven women are named Roseberry. So apparently that that being written by one Jimmy Andrews, he, he believes this is an ironic choice. So there you go. I, I, I think maybe I'm, I'm just not on the level. Yeah, it's uh, oh, Jesus. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, you know, if if this particular COVID-19 movie is not your cup of tea, wouldn't you know there's about nine million <laughs> other ones out there oh yeah my searches are fucked <laughs> chose one uh from a director known only as the existentialist and the existentialist has given us sars 29 and you may be saying to yourself is is that just like so this is about covid19 and this is and they just changed the name of it to sars 29 and you'd be well partially correct because this is an alternate history of the United States uh, presented as a talking head faux documentary that spans two hours and it covers the events of COVID-19, which they call SARS-19, all the way up to the year 2029, a full decade of COVID variations. And, Myros, you accurately pointed out that I just chose a fucking sequel to a movie that none of us saw, and that was kind of a dick move. But I will say with SARS-29, I found it interesting that it spends a good portion of its runtime talking about the, the past. And, and again, just like the movie we watched, a lot of exposition. They're like, oh, man, the pandemic in 2019, but don't forget the one in 2020, 2020. Two, like, don't forget the one in 24. Man, that one was bad. So, uh, yeah, this is, like, crushingly boring and weirdly occasionally funny. Very and bad. funny on purpose, <laughs> I think. It, I'm supposed to laugh at parts of this, right? Yeah. I can't get yeah, to the I mind of the so. existentialist. I think you, I, I do think you're supposed to laugh at it. Yeah, I, I mean, I it's not like a comedy per se, but it is... Uh... It's some nerd shit. That's what I'd say. This is a very, very deep nerd project right here. Like this guy just decided again. I think existentialist is your key here, which again I believe the the writer and basically credited with everything else on the film and and presumably just using the alias the existentialist because mm. nerd shit is uh, one Michael <laughs> Simchik. 
uh, who is seems to be sort of a, a low grade like uh, philosophy washout author who is dabbling in filmmaking. I, I don't know. It's probably some like Brooklyn fuckhead or something. But I, guys, I, I'm so excited about talking about the intro to this movie because we've just talked about the other movies. We can compare the intros because they do the exact same thing. What Morgan Freeman? A- <laughs> yeah, I got fake Morgan Freeman. Who he could collaborate to both these films? He's got a lot of time on his hands. If you talk like this, I guess it kind of sounds like Morgan Freeman. Like, it does not sound like Morgan Freeman. It's someone trying to do Morgan Freeman. The other one sounded like he was trying to do, um, God, what's his name? I don't know. He does the president. Morgan Freeman? <laughs> no, it was yeah, a, Morgan Freeman's the it, name you're looking for. The guy who did uh, definitely both Morgan Freeman. No, Morgan, uh, Monday Night Wars on uh, WWE Network. I forget the name of the actor. I'll look it up uh, later. But it's just like the most embarrassing, uh, like, four billion people die. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's fine. And the rest of the movie, like, so you see that text on screen. So you already understand everything that's going on. And then the rest of the movie is just people reiterating that text to you. It's so obnoxious. Like, and I think there's something fucked with the editing because like, I think the movie just wasn't long enough and they just want to use all of it because there's a number of times where people just ask the same questions and it just circles back into the exact same subjects. And I feel like it was just improv and the person just throws it back out there. I don't know. Um, one specifically is the woman asking, do you think the virus was supposed to kill everyone? And she's like, nope, it was a setup for some other stuff. And then she goes, what stuff? And she explains it's a spinal thing. And then she goes, now, you wrote an article that says it was supposed to spread, but did not kill people, which is the exact same. Just It's rephrasing the exact same thing. And she says the exact same thing she just said. I thought it was going insane when I was watching this. <laughs> it's just like... Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of a... That's how most of this movie goes. It's just... It's a series of people who some of them would be people if this was a real documentary. Okay, these are people that you would maybe interview, but a lot of them are just like, here's Joe Nobody. And he just wants to talk about this event that we made up. uh, the food riots. He's he's like, I'm just a guy. My family died. And then the food riots. So it's it's this weird mix of it just it seems randomly plucked every man. And then like, oh, top government officials. And then while it's building this alternate history of the United States from today to 2029 uh, that, you know, features things like uh, President Andrew Yang, which explains a lot of the philosophy behind this movie. Because at first I was like, man, this is some right wing QAnon horse shit. And And then the longer you stick with it, you're like, no, it's actually just like technocrat idiot horse shit of of a different color. But um, still stupid as fuck. See, I don't and, even think this movie has political ideology at all. I think it, it's really approaching it outside of that. But Political gestures, at least, but it has no meaning. Like, there's no, like, I, I choose to believe the existentialist has a gang gang sticker on his camera bag. I think the existentialist is doing exactly what his name suggests. He's just looking at this from a very existentialist point of view. That, that, that none of it fucking matters. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, well, you must feel that way about the plot because, like, none of it makes any sense. Like, okay, so the virus apparently, COVID-19 is not from China. It's from Iran. And to keep yep. it secret, Iran was destroyed. 
all of Iran, <laughs> every bit of Iran <laughs> was, and it's just like, do you, and then, and then later it's like, well, that was before Washington DC burned down. And it's like, do you have any idea how big these places are? What the fuck are you talking about? That doesn't like. Yeah. Well, that's, that's where the fun comes in with this. I mean, if there can be any fun to be had, because again, it's two hours of just like hey, it's stationary a party. camera, Skype it's a good conversations, time. but, uh, like the way that it oscillates between very serious, like a, a person who is clearly taking this seriously as a dramatic film is just like, and then my whole family died. And have you ever had to bury an infant and you know, all this serious shit Too and many then like, people. Oh, now uh smash cut to a lady who's, who worked as a, I, what, like a stewardess on an airplane. And she's like, yeah, and then we converted all the bathrooms into COVID ejection sites. And if you were running a fever on the plane, we'd launch your ass out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. So you have all this, you know, kind of like boring, mundane, serious stuff. And then all of a sudden you get hit with some wacky bullshit. And it's pretty fucking funny. It is. I, I th see, I think that's what he's trying to do is is to strip the significance out of a lot of it and just make it about human viewpoints and i i don't know i i feel like it is successful on some fronts and also it's just for no one you know no one wants to watch a two-hour fucking clip show about existentialist philosophy as related to fucking covid no i, w I was done with this movie after about two and a half minutes yeah like i was i was fucking over it and then the fact that i mean yeah you after the morgan freeman narration you're like oh boy <laughs> And then it just kicks in. You get a little bit of the stock footage, and then it's just every one after another, one after another. Well, plus the way it's framed, it, it does start out like you're like, "Oh God, this is going to be some fucking QAnon inflammatory, inappropriate mm -hmm. horseshit for this time." And it takes a while to figure out what he's trying to do, you know. Oh. And by a while, I mean like ninety fucking minutes. You're like, "Okay, I see what's going on here. This is this isn't a political thesis at all. It, it's not what he's doing." But, at, you know, at that point, you, you might have already, in fact, probably like 95% of the people who would start this film would have got like 10 minutes in and been like, oh, no, I'm not going to sit through <laughs> this shit. <laughs> There's no editing in this fucking movie at all. What it do you mean? People... There's like a fucking 7 billion cuts in this movie edited together b-roll like a madman <laughs> yeah you're right you're right and then like 40 minutes so what in, you're saying is he didn't he never edited for time he basically oh, no, used yeah, everything right. that he had oh no but then at the second half all the b-roll just kind of goes away and it's just a lot of, it's Not like just interviews it's yeah. his it's his russian arc if you will it's his, it's his long takes <laughs> you know and uh you know he's an artist but i will tell you uh i want to get across that there were a couple of scenes here that uh, i laughed so hard i almost peed myself because uh, it's very very fucking funny uh, <laughs> and it's not the scenes that are supposed to be serious it's the ones where it's like an actress trying to perform her serious role doing an accent that's clearly not hers you know like, just like ew stop it you're weird like stop doing the accent and she's like crying because she's talking about <laughs> the elderly <laughs> left on their front doors just in their adult diapers <laughs> like do you understand who the elderly are like what are you talking about <laughs> like see i think a lot of that is again i it's hard to draw a line on the old existentialist here as to what is intentional and what is not uh because i think a lot of the over dramatic stuff is intended to be exactly that i think it's supposed to read as absurdist but you know there's also stuff that 
feels like it, it is meant to hit home on some level. And it's hard to tell which is which. <laughs> it's a total yeah. failure because it doesn't do real alternative history in the slightest. It's not consistent and it doesn't make any fucking sense. Because in one point, there's a woman talking about how she vomited in the shower because she recalled the smell of dead bodies and how horrifying it was that they had to burn them to the ground. And then you're interviewing some guy that's like, yeah, we kill people and we kill them. We nail their bodies like all around town. Well, doesn't your town smell like shit then? That doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, like, it's just so inconsistent about what the problem is. Like, scene to scene, it doesn't make any sense. And, I don't know, it, just dumb terminology. Like, the hungries. The people that like food are called the hungries. Like, oh yeah, that's real Left for Dead type shit. Not Left for Dead. Um, the Last of Us, where it's like, you take a word, just add Y. That's what they are. Oh no, it's the angries. They're going to come and attack us. <laughs> See, I, I guess I give it more credit. I think it's pretty successful as alternate history because I think his ethos is not to make it consistent. It's, it's about subjectivity. It's about humanity in this time. And, and this story is about the people and not the events in many ways and how the events are shaped by their individual perspectives. And that it's got kind of a a shifting reality of, of what this future looks like. I think as much as it's not a production choice they could make, that it added a lot to the absurdity that everyone's just kind of looks like they're living in a fucking suburban houses still mm -hmm. after all of this fucking chaos. And way too young. All of them are way too young to have lived right. any of these lives. It's insane. They're supposed to, they're supposed to be the past. What are you talking about? They're all like 22. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, it's it's all it's all true. I, this is certainly not a perfect movie, and it's certainly constrained by its resources. But I also think it's doing something. I don't hate it, honestly. I I mean, I I think it's I I couldn't recommend it to anyone because mm -hmm. it is it's super again it's super philosophy nerd shit, and that is not accessible in the best of times. And and it's also two hours long and made up of 90% fucking B-roll stock footage. And yeah, it, it takes a while to get on the wavelength of what the fuck he's even attempting to do. But that being said, mm. when I did, I, I got some appreciation out of it. I, I think that he was successful in his aims. Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't really like it. I don't know. <laughs> he, I think it was a piece of shit because and I'm sorry if the, the person finds this because I don't want to be mean to the person, but like, don't be mean to the existentialist, poor guy. You know, dude, if you want to be an existentialist, it's got to make fucking sense. What are you talking about? Oh, it was on a jumbo jet when the nukes went off. Well, did you die? Because that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, there's just fundamental size and, and geography just doesn't make sense. Like, just, it's inexcusable in this day and age not to just Google shit. You know, you want to know how big Iran is? You want to know, how, like, it, it's frustrating when someone just decides to skip all the hard stuff and just be like, well, Iran's dead. Why'd you kill Iran, bro? That's pretty fucked up, you know? <laughs> like, I just, I, I just don't dig that. You actually have to take these ideas and have them mesh together. And the most insane part, which I had to pause the movie for because I was laughing so fucking hard. This is serious now. This is serious. The movie is dead serious. Every interview, everyone is always just like, fake stumbling and like, you know, acting like it was such a hard time, you know, just in with fake accents and bullshit. But the scene, 41 minutes in, please look this up if you have not seen <laughs> This woman is talking about how <laughs> all the ambulance drivers died. 
<laughs> and so because they're dead, some men in suits showed up and went to the specific ward where everyone was suicidal and asked them all <laughs> to drive the ambulances. That's what? right, man. It's what? it's like uh, what's what's that? Uh, oh God, oh, the Winona Ryder movie from the '90s. Oh shit, what's it called? Where I she th- plays like a, a a mental patient. Oh, why am um, I blanking on uh, this? Girl interrupted. Girl interrupted. Yeah, like it's, movie. it's girl interrupted, uh, but in an ambulance. That that's pretty much how it was pitched to us. And of course, they get like some girl. Like, oh, what is the mentally ill woman like? Oh, she's she's just a pale girl with asymmetrical bangs. <laughs> Dude, that's not real life though. That's fucking twisted metal on the PlayStation One, where it's like the backstories. <laughs> You're in a mental asylum, and they give you an ambulance. They give you an yeah. ambulance. So- See, this movie to me is utterly unconcerned with like the granular detail of the world it's building and it's all the better for it to my mind. I don't give a tin fuck about half that stuff. Where's Uh, the consequence though? You introduced the idea. I need a consequence. Okay, it's going to be absurdist. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be out there. But what happened? I need to know what happened next instead of just being like, man, it was crazy. Give me details. Like something. Even if you're just bullshitting. Because if it's easy, easy to come up with the mentally ill and suicidal or giving ambulances to pick up dead bodies. Well, and then what? Like flesh out just a bit you know throw in a fake name or something i, mean, I, I don't want them to flesh out anything no, more than that because anything, then i would have to listen to these people out. talk yeah it, you want you want to watch more of that zoom call colin yeah frankly <laughs> frankly i think the biggest sin of this movie is that it, it endeavors to tell 30 stories uh tell maybe 20 stories and you'd have me on board honestly i i just think it's it, it's awfully long and and mm-hmm. often unengaging especially in the opening hour but I, I just, I feel like he had an intent, and I think this is a pretty admirable project for what it is. It's just, it's for no one, you know. It is for uh, Michael Simchick and friends to, to fucking go, ha look, we made this. And that's great. Cool. I think it's kind <laughs> of a cool little thing. Who's, uh, who's starring in this movie? I, fucking uh, 7,000... Brooklyn, yeah, roughly seven thousand people we've never heard of. According to the credits, it's starring everybody. Everybody is starring in this movie. They don't list actors or anything. It's just the name and it goes starring. So I'm beginning to think this is like a non-union job, which is kind of fucked up, you know, because you're getting billing oh, like every that. Every single movie we watch for this is non-union. Are you fucking? Do you think a single person that has ever been in a cost and content film? Has a SAG card? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe when we did what? What's that dog movie we did? That one. That one was that. That was uh, a real show production. Dogs. Yeah. Show dogs. That's about it. But I, I would say ninety eight percent of what we do is is non union. Well, why should I, this people, be a union? They don't union even have tripods, <laughs> let alone a fucking SAG card. I, I'm not going to ask the existentialist to pay union wages for this fucking Zoom call thing that he's going to fucking take a bath on regardless. What was the budget of this $2,000? Guess how much money he lost on it? $2,000. <laughs> I know, scab. I ain't going to cross the line for the existentialist. Although, you know, honestly, though, if the existentialist was like, if you do this line read into your webcam, I'll pay you $100. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm no scab, but that's pretty, you know, especially when you're locked down, you can't work. Mm, I mean, that's pretty good. I'm assuming that the existentialist offered to pay any of these people also entirely possible. He's like exposure. It's great. But mm. who could say? I feel we're like just, a lot of them are just now. like, you know, collaborators more so than 
yeah. like some sort of Vox Media, I'll pay you an exposure type fucking thing. I, sure, sure. We're, we're, we're engaging in existentialist style podcasting oh, right now. It's all yeah, speculative right. fiction that we're creating. And we pay Colin an exposure. <laughs> yeah, we pay Colin an exposure every single day. Please do. Uh, but my final complaint about this movie, and this is just like an opinion that I feel very strongly about, because I have this idea for like an alternative history thing that I've been working on for like a decade. And I don't like, I, like my feeling about alternative history and the way that it needs to be written is you should be writing like 10 times more than your audience needs to know. And only only showing them like that 10%. And this movie just tries to show you everything. So the world feels fucking hollow. It doesn't work because you have to show everything. If people can't, if you can't, if you can't know your world that like deeply, then don't write a fucking documentary, documentary in quotes, about a global catastrophe over the course of a decade when you barely even make sense for like... Two minutes. Like, none of it makes sense. <laughs> like, it just very uh, just inconsistent, back to back. Like, the interviews just don't make sense. Like, bodies smell, bodies don't smell. I know it seems very weird, but, like, there's a scene where this guy's bragging about nailing bodies all over town to warn people away. And the, 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 the other scene is specifically talking about how horrible the body smells to the point where they had to give ambulances to mental people. Like, it just doesn't... It's, it's not reflective of everything that's happening around them. And... That's a shame, because if he wants to build a universe, then maybe start there. I See, I, I, I take zero issue with any of this, because it, 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 to me, I can rationalize that in my mind. That one of these people lives in Chicago, and one of them lives in bumfuck nowhere with a population of 10. Guess what? Two bodies nailed at a roadway doesn't smell the same as a <laughs> 10,000 piled by the hospital. They show three people on a goddamn cross. They're bragging about Let's how they had I've sniffed a lot of bodies, all right, and I yeah, can tell you a thing or two. <laughs> it's been weird, Steve. It's been it's been yeah. nice doing the Zoom podcast instead lately. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I can, I can go out in my yard in the country and take a leak, and it doesn't smell like an alley in New York. It's just a, a difference of volume. It's just a reality. Hmm. Um, all right, yeah, okay, I'll accept that. I I I don't know. I I think Simchik is not. A dope. I think he conceived this pretty thoroughly, and yeah, mm. he's a published author. I, I don't think he's mm. like. Uh, I, I think he's got some chops. I think he knows what he's doing. I also don't think. I mean, his novel is is called Toilet the Novel, and I don't think it's like some Ooh. sort of a, a grand piece of work. It seems to be like a Kafka thing, but. Uh, he turns into a toilet. He goes to bed and wakes up as the toilet. No, it's like a nuclear <laughs> thing. A toilet turns into a man. It seems. I don't know. Oh, but uh, got the reverse roach there. I don't know. Very people cool. people seem to like it. All right, it's not like a trash novel. So I, I again, I think this guy is just a, a fucking nerd who's who's consumed with certain ideas and philosophies, and uh, he's finding ways to get them out in the world without uh, mm. financial support, and that's fine. That's admirable. I don't well, think they have even this. I don't think he has the slightest. Oh, you go ahead, Steve, because I, I I'll get this out in my closing bit because there's whatever you'll hear. OK, well, I was just going to say we got we got to wrap this one up. Uh, I personally think that uh, both of these movies are trash, but we got to figure out which one is worse this week. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to give my final hard sell on uh, Save Rosemary 2. My God, I chose a horrible sequel that's a direct sequel to a movie which I can only assume is also not good. Uh, aesthetically, it's a nightmare. The sound mixing is a nightmare. We didn't even talk about that, but I hope you like horrific distortion. It just sounds like 
like the the parents on on peanuts just talking <laughs> oh god every time they the cut to a that. fucking pop song it's just like the most blown out thing i've ever fucking heard in my life i didn't even have the volume mm-hmm. high i was just listening kind of casually oh, it's redlining yeah they it's fucking redlining. they cut in they cut in pre-recorded music redlined like fucking hard redlined it's just like what the hell are we doing I love yeah, it. it's weird. And other stuff, too, that should have been like even their fake Morgan Freeman at the end of his fake Morgan Freeman uh, speech starts peaking. It's it's really weird. There's just bizarre distortion coming from someone who delayed the podcast for 30 minutes because he couldn't figure out why his mic sounded like shit and had to simply restart his computer. So I'm one to talk. But the point is, <laughs> this does not sound great. Uh, it's, it's just, it's terrible from start to finish. I think even if I had the added knowledge of the first movie, I can still say that this is, it's all exposition. It's boring. It looks like shit. Um, it has some real backwards, creepy sex stuff that is not fun. Mm. Uh, it's, it's just all over the place. Not good. Is it one of the worst things we ever watched? Absolutely not. It is crushingly boring though. And it is shocking to me how how many movies like Save Rosemary 2 and SARS-29 too, I guess, are on services like Amazon right now. Uh, there's there's a lot of this COVID cinema going around. And uh, much like the, the virus itself, it is uh, debilitating. It is, uh, it's horrible. It's not something you want to be exposed to. So uh, I got to say, though, for me... <laughs> This is uh, Rosemary Two is easily, easily the worst film here. That's a hard sell. How are you gonna do? Yeah, you can't That's beat that, man. Yeah. So, Myros, uh, how are you casting your vote? You see, I'm, I, I'm, not, I don't have a hard sell. I'm pretty lukewarm on this. I, I feel like, honestly, if I were to pick, like, which is a movie that I personally clicked with more, it's, it's, it's the Existentialist. It's Cyrus Twenty Nine. But I think I'm still going to leave it in Colin's hands on this one oh, instead boy. of throwing because I I do think there's a case to be made for either film because Save Rosemary 2 is messier, but it's also shorter and, and it's somehow <laughs> it's like so overstimulating as to be as to be substantially more engaging film than than Cyrus 29. Like I, I found myself uh, moved in ways in Rosemary too that I, I certainly was not by the existentialist film. I, I this elicited a, a great deal of laughter for me. I was constantly seeking answers, and and that engagement in and of itself is, is an achievement. And that that might be an achievement caused solely because Suff, uh, Suff, yes, uh, Steve Cuff uh, made the mistake <laughs> of picking a sequel, uh, and thereby uh, I was just spinning the entire time, going, "What? What? 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 Why? What?" <laughs> and and that that what why what for me is the reason why I, I I'm still gonna go with with Cyrus Twenty Nine as the less engaging uh, film uh, this week. Hmm. All right, Colin, okay. it's all in your hands, buddy. What are but, you picking this week for the worst film? Between the two, I'm sorry, Rosemary, it has to be you. You're worse. You're so much more boring. I don't know. The existentialist, like you said, at least it was funny at parts. At least I felt like I had a reaction to things. Like Rosemary was just kind of like beyond the one scene we've already talked about. The rest of it's really bland. But like the thing I hope everyone understands, and this is crucial. If you're if you're out there listening and you're just like, I'm going to write a script. 
Um, the way the skill trait monologues, it's really simple. Fucking don't stop. Monologues suck. Monologues are horrible in general. They're very, they're supposed to be rare. They're supposed to be very rare. <laughs> That's what makes them good. And when you make an entire movie of monologues, and I hate when people are like, oh, my favorite episode of this TV show is the one with the monologues. Like, boring, boring, boring. Like, creating... Like I said earlier, like if you're going to write something, write dynamics because that's easier to build on something as opposed to just somebody musing, you know, slightly in the air and stumbling over their words for six minutes uninterrupted. Like that's all this was this week. It was a rough week. (laughs) Agreed? Uh, yeah, yeah, agreed. yeah. I, I'm honestly, happy with this outcome, though. That's two in a row, baby. Yeah, and and, and well, well deserved. I, I don't think our guy, the existentialist, deserves to to be in the lost column here. I, I wanted to give it to Colin to choose, but uh, I think the right choice was made, frankly. Well, either yeah. way, the movie still sucks because the guy has no idea what the fuck the world is. Whoever wrote this does not understand things and it does, apparently doesn't want to. Character can say that I stabbed somebody in the neck with the intent to cause a flesh wound. You stab somebody in the neck with the intent to cause a flesh wound. All of Iran blew up and then China blew up and like, oh, and there's an entire large segment about how like kids now learn through TV because Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I like that. Like, okay, <laughs> you can build. Bernie that. made my kids watch TV. <laughs> you build it into your world. That's beautiful. But like, you don't need to like stop for six minutes and explain it because you're such a smart writer. Like, chill out. Write a story. You know, keep your cool stuff in the back, you know? Oh, I just think his priorities are different from, from what you uh, are looking for in this. And that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. You know what? Sim Chick, we'd love to have you on the, on the podcast. We'd love to know a little more about Toilet, the novel, and uh, SARS-29. Uh, I wonder why the fuck they even bother <laughs> to call it SARS-29 anyway. I mean, it's just COVID. And COVID is SARS. Yeah. It, you could call it SARS-19. That's not inaccurate. But I wonder why. I would also call it. COVID-29 just because from an SEO standpoint, but we, we could talk to the existentialists uh, Maybe about it is that. like a reverse SEO thing because, you know, things like platforms like YouTube oh, are just yeah. like, ah, COVID, you can't say that. Ah. That's right. Yeah, so it would have gotten delisted. We and, and we may never know unless, of course, the existentialist wants to reach out to us uh, or uh, Weird Udo Kier, if you want to reach out to us too, uh, that would be great. Oh, uh, well, You can tweet at us yeah. at Optimism Vaccine or you can email us optimism vaccine at gmail.com all one word there optimism vaccine at gmail.com that would be lovely we'd love to hear from you and if you are a listener uh, you could do the same tweet at us uh email us just let us know um uh, you know if you got if you got ideas for movies we should do for the show love to hear from you uh also, Myros, what's our what's our score at man that's uh, two in a row for me what are we at? Uh, I am leading six to five. Oh. Feels good. I'm on the comeback trail. This is exciting. It's thrilling. I rest assured, Steve. I, 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 you know, I went with the existentialist here to kind of match <laughs> your theming. I had previously rejected it. I thought it might be uh, too high quality for our purposes. And you know what? I, I said he's behind. I'm going to throw him a bone. No more bones. Next week, I'm going to bring a big fucking stick to the competition. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> no more bones, just sticks. All right. Well, yeah, we will be back again in two weeks. Colin, thank you as always for being our neutral third party. Uh, without you, we would be lost. And by lost, I mean, we'd just be having a draw every week, pretty much. Oh, that's beautiful, guys. Yeah, go see season one. <laughs> yeah. One last thing, though, guys. Uh, if you really want to other these directors, I don't think you should be leaving your Twitter. I don't think you should be leaving your email. There's only one way to reach them, as we've seen, and it's probably Zoom. <laughs> yeah. 
Hit, hit us up on our Zoom profile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back in two weeks.